In this week's episode, let's talk about evidence. Remember evidence? It's the opposite of your uncle's Facebook post. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 7 of Communication Junkie. My name is Steve Fuller, and I'm your host. As I mentioned in the first two episodes this fall, I've decided to do something a little different on this podcast. The entire season has a theme. I'm offering tips on public speaking, so by the end of the season, you should have all of the information you need to deliver an effective speech, whether in person or virtually. Last week, I discussed the thesis statement. This week, let's talk about the body of your speech, and specifically using evidence to support your points. Practically, the speech body includes your main points. If you have four reasons the audience should vote on your candidate, you'll address each reason one at a time. Be very clear. Label your main points. Number them. Emphasize them. Remember, your audience has already heard them in the thesis statement, so repeating them in the speech body helps your audience stay engaged. Then, each of your main points needs to be supported with evidence. Look, I'm going to try to avoid a condescending rant here, but what's happening in our world right now is scary. A hundred thoughts probably came to mind when I said that sentence. There's a lot of scary stuff to choose from in 2022. But I'm specifically talking about the organized misinformation campaign that has caused chaos in this country. No one knows what's real anymore. How many people have died from COVID? What about the vaccine? Does it work? Does it kill you? Was there cheating in the 2020 election? What's really going on in Ukraine? How many people are crossing America's southern border? Are drug dealers really handing out rainbow-colored fentanyl this Halloween to get your kids addicted to drugs? People say a lot, but they have very little evidence to back it up. People spread a lot of misinformation, and they don't seem to care how damaging the retweets can be. Okay, so you're claiming drug dealers are handing out rainbow-colored fentanyl. Now it's time for the evidence. You can't just claim something is true. Where's your proof? Here are the three key pieces of evidence that audiences need. Examples, statistics, and expert testimony. First, examples are specific instances of something happening. If you claim there's voter fraud, show me examples of voter fraud. If drug dealers are handing out fentanyl on Halloween, okay, where? When? What city? Name names. Anyone can say anything, but where's the proof? If you're researching a topic and you can't find any real-world examples of it actually happening, you might want to change your topic. And of course, verify that the examples are legitimate. Anyone can create a fake profile on Twitter and claim their kids got rainbow-colored fentanyl while trick-or-treating. Has it been verified by the police? By a reputable news organization? Dig a little deeper to avoid spreading misinformation. Second, we all know what statistics are, numerical representations of information, but it's important that we don't just use statistics without context. A long list of numbers is not only boring, but it's hard to keep track of what they all mean. That's why I always suggest using a combination of examples and statistics in your reasoning. You can't list 50 examples. There's not enough time and audiences don't have the mental capacity. But you can share a few examples and then back it up with a statistic to illustrate how often those examples happen. Listen to this intense story about my topic. Now, guess what? That thing happens 74% of the time. The combination of examples and statistics is much more powerful than either one of them by itself. Statistics work when you include context. Third, expert testimony is when you reference expert opinions. Smart people who have earned the right to be trusted. For example, a reputable doctor's opinion about medical issues, not some random blogger. 
Of course, the problem is determining who is and isn't an expert. Lots of people claim to be doctors on social media, and those quote-unquote doctors are sharing a lot of information about vaccines. So who can you trust? A doctor named Andrew Wakefield was cited for years by the anti-vaccine community. He supposedly did studies showing how vaccines were linked to autism. Anti-vaxxers finally had their expert testimony. They had their evidence. But it was all nonsense. The paper Wakefield released was discredited and he eventually lost his medical license. So how do you know if an expert is actually an expert? Here's where our friend statistics comes into play again. There's comfort in numbers. One doctor thinks vaccines cause autism? Not very persuasive. 99% of doctors think vaccines are safe and effective? That seems pretty meaningful. I mean, you can find one expert who's willing to say pretty much anything. I'm sure some doctor out there somewhere would be willing to say smoking cigarettes is great for your lungs. But what do the majority of experts believe? Can experts be wrong? Of course. Can the majority be wrong? Sure. There are examples throughout history of human beings being wrong about plenty of things. So we do our best. And skepticism isn't always a bad thing. The scientific process admits we're constantly experimenting, learning, and getting closer to the truth. But your job as a public speaker is to protect your audience. Misinformation hurts them and hurts our world. So stop making crap up and stop spreading other people's nonsense. Okay, that's all for this week. Next week, I'll discuss reasoning fallacies. Special thanks to the band Randy for our theme song. Subscribe to Communication Junkie anywhere podcasts are found. Please rate the show while you're there. Positive ratings do help. Follow me on Twitter at FullSteve and at ComJunk. Please share this episode with friends and family if you found it meaningful. As always, thanks so much for listening. Until next week, be good. And it's a communication.